Welcome to the General Knowledge Podcast. It is a big idea, a new world order. By the military industrial complex. For the General Knowledge Podcast Season 3, Episode 18. Tonight I'm uh, joined by my compatriots Ethan Nash and Andy Soames. Ethan, thanks for uh, coming on for the show. Sad to see you missed the last one, brother, but Andy and I sort of powered through on that one. We had heaps to talk about, but thanks for uh, getting on board for this episode, Ethan. Yeah, General, glad I could be here um, this episode to join what should be a great episode as we talk about. Uh, a lot of things that are happening as we enter month 16 of uh, two weeks to flatten the curve. Wow. <laughs> Who'd have thought it was the longest two weeks ever known to mankind, eh? Wow. Yeah, 16 would month, have thought? two-week period, yeah. <laughs> oh, Andy, you're, uh, you're on board as well. Thanks for joining as always, Andy. I appreciate your time, brother. Yeah, pleasure, man. Yeah, no worries at all. Has it been 16 months? Man, like... Yeah, I remember when we hit like the three years. Yeah, I remember when we hit the year mark, and I was like, "Man, this feels like it's been like you just said three years. It feels like we've been doing this crap for not not the show, of course, folks. We're talking about the um, scamdemic that we're talking about, uh, the actual declared pandemic. Uh, now it's been like Ethan said, sixteen months and going strong. But yeah, Ando, um, crazy times, man. What's what's going on in your neck of the woods? Just yeah. quickly before uh, we I, move on to the episode. I oh, uh, it's um. You know, it just seems to have, like, the nonsense seems to have just, like, been notched up a few pegs. Mm. I'm just, I'm really glad to see June out of the way. It was, like, quite, I thought it was quite quite chaotic. And um, July just seems to be, like, going to be a new level of... Fuckery. You know, <laughs> disruption. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'm trying not to swear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll we'll, right. ch- we'll change that momentarily. Don't worry about that. <laughs> There's plenty to swear about yeah, on this yeah, yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're right, Ando. It's but, just um, been crazy, yeah, brother. You know what I mean? Like it just like like to coin Ethan's words, like clown world. Clown world just seems to have like notched up like exponentially in the last few weeks. So yeah, you know, I just think like buckle up. Here we go. Like you know, it's just getting effing crazy. 
Mm. You know, but uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll get through all of that in this show. Yeah, yeah, it will do, man. Hey, um, what did you boys think of? And a big shout out there to Nige who put that video together. Um, you both enjoyed that that work that he put on. So. Back in uh, season one, I think it was episode six of this very podcast, we did an episode on uh, the depopulation agenda. And one of my uh, one of my listeners, he was going back through the old back catalogue, just re-listening to old episodes. And he was listening to that episode and he went, man, wait a minute, towards the end, like General's talking about this big population reduction from this website, deagle.com. And he's he just felt compelled to, to make that video because he was like, man... Like you guys called it, you know, we, we were sort of on the money way back then when I mentioned, you know, they're going to come up with some fucking virus, you know, to scam everyone into, a you know, the depopulation agenda pushing forward and stuff. And uh, here we are. Like, it's just incredible. Like, it literally was just prophetic words that we were kind of banging on about back then in episode six. But and that was in 2018, I think, wasn't it, um, boys, uh, way back then. So we've been doing this for a while now. And yeah, the list of countries forecast for 2025, which is not that far away now, uh, was all these uh, Western countries, you know, Australia, not not excluded from that, of course, were to have the, our populations. The forecast was a major reduction, uh, down like 10 million in Australia. And what are we seeing right now being pushed forwards, fellas? We're seeing this massive friggin' uh, vaccine rollout, but... It's just crazy how how we were kind of we were just on the money back then. We're like, well, this this forecast, you know, maybe this is actually what's happening right now. It's not because of a virus though. It's because of this. I I believe it's because of the vaccine. Uh, Ethan, I mean, what what what's your take on that uh, video? That that awesome member of ours, uh, Nigel. Actually, no, I don't think he's a member. He's just one of our listeners. Or was it Terry? I can't remember his name. On the email, I'm pretty sure he said Nigel when he signed off. But uh, he's bit shoot. Yeah, a lot, Terry, of, a lot yeah. of our, a uh, lot of our supporters, yeah, a lot of our supporters smartly uh, don't, you know, have a few names that they move around, which is great. But Terry, Nigel, whichever one it is, uh, it says Terry on his BitChute channel, so I just went with Terry. Yeah, but Terry, um, fantastic. That was a fantastic video. You know, you a lot of the time you get caught up doing episodes and constantly putting out content that sometimes you might miss something that you've said in an episode two and a half, three years ago. You know, it's a long time ago in terms of if you're constantly creating content. And we did have that chat, you know, and it, which did turn out to be very prophetic mm. in terms of saying that potentially, you know, a virus could come and then also bringing up some of Bill Gates's thoughts saying that a, a potential virus could come along very soon and take out the population. And as you said, this is not for because of a so-called virus, but because of this brave new world-esque epsilon agenda that's going on before our very eyes that's, that's been happening with this pharmacological induced population control that we've spoken about for, for many years now. And this is just a testament to that. And it was a fantastic video, like mm. very well edited. Um, some, you know, the music and everything that was put in there, you know, current events over what we were saying um, back then, or you were saying particularly general, you were covering this this website. And it's just fascinating because a lot of these changes, these rapid changes in the world, which at the time we were saying, well, how's this going to happen by 2025? That's only a few years away. And all of a sudden everything got shaken up. So I shared it. Um, I thought, you know, you shared it as well and hopefully get some traffic over there because it was a fantastic video. 
Mm. And I thought it was quite good because he went even a little bit further than what we did in that video, and he's done a bit more research. He's looked up the who is on some of that on the Deagle website, and you know he's found that a lot of the information that we were talking about has now been pulled down and stuff. But um, you know he made a few good connections as well. That uh, it was named after Edwin Deagle, uh, who was um, the Under Secretary of the Air Force under President Bill Clinton. Uh, and this guy is he's a well-connected fellow. Basically, you know he's he's part of the 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 inner well maybe not the inner circle but he's part of one of the circles um yeah he's the director for the international relations for the rockefeller foundation or was um yeah he's a leading eugenics supporter um you know all these sort of tidbits of information which we kind of didn't cover in the show but he's put this in this video which is fantastic and i love that he's done that so huge shout out to you big fella um <laughs> he's i mean his bit shoot username is terry hesticles i mean come on that's awesome <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> oh, no, you know it's a great name. So Terry, Nige, um, you know. But oh, one other tidbit, boys. Andy, you'll love this too. He's um, sent me some. I sort of said, mate, oh, you're yeah, because he said in his email to me, he goes, I'm actually a musician and all that sort of stuff. I went, Matt, how would you like to maybe try and do up uh, an intro song? You know, like, do you sing as well? And he goes, can you know, can you do an intro? I said, can you do an intro song for the podcast? And he's like, and he come back to me, he's like, man, that'd be freaking awesome. He goes, I'm not the the best vocalist, but he goes. I've got a mate who lives in Alabama. He's like a world-class vocalist, and he's wide awake too. Man, he goes, let, let us throw something together. We'll, we'll, we'll work with you on this, and, and we could have an intro courtesy made by this fellow for a season four coming up. So look forward to that one, fellas. Bit of a teaser there. Oh, beautiful. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> awesome stuff. So, yeah, I'm psyched about that. I'm so happy. That's fantastic. Um, but anyway, so I'll put a link in the show notes for folks to uh, check out that video as well. I mean, we've been sure to sharing it everywhere. Ethan's published it as well. Um, but I just thought I'd kind of cover that first and foremost because that was awesome work by um, by the gentleman as well. So enough of that. Let's let's actually bring in our uh, our guests for this one. We have the the beautiful, the brave, the intelligent, truther, mover, shaker, ex nurse, activist, author, memoirist. You would have seen her some of the footage from uh, some of the rallies as well, doing guest speaking. None other than Naomi Cook joins us for this episode. Naomi, thanks for coming on board and having a chat today. Hi, it's really good to be here. Really good to actually meet, even though we're not meeting, but kind of meeting. I know what you mean. Finally. <laughs> I know I've been following your work for freaking ages now, actually, because you know, you're always, you know, the sharing of the sharing of the sharing, you know, it gets you across um, some interesting people's paths. And of course, that's how I got onto some of your information. Um, and I think I hit you up back in the day. I'm like, oh, look, one day I want to get you on the show, you know, like let's stay in touch and stuff. And, you know, we're friends on Facebook and we share each other's work and posts and we like uh, all the work we share on social media because it's, let's let's not beat around the bush. It's good stuff. You put out some good content, mate. And I, I love it. And I thank you for doing it. Oh, thank you. Thank you for liking it and for sharing it. <laughs> No worries. Well, um, when you contacted me, when I contacted you the other day, you sort of fired back and you you were, even in your words, you were like triggered by this information that you wanted to kind of bring to the table as well. Um, and that's that's kind of kind of strong wording because, I mean, what you had to talk about was, was very interesting stuff. And it is, of course, all related to the whole COVID nonsense uh, going on at the moment. But I'll, I'll give the floor to you. Let's, let's have a chat about what you were talking about uh, in those messages uh, to me and then we'll kind of bounce back with the boys as well. Yeah, I was. And I apologize. Like I literally had just sent out a tweet and I was triggered. I've been triggered a lot. We all have right over the past year and a half. But this particular topic has set me off like no other. And it was it's basically it's the statement that's that was put forward at the beginning of June by 
the Royal College. I've got it written down the full name here. Mm-hmm. Um, the Royal College, the Royal Aust- Australian and New Zealand College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, so the Royal College, let's call them that, um, and ATAGI, which are the Australian Technical Advisory Group on Immunization. They're the government body, right? So mm-hmm. they put out this statement at the beginning of June, and the statement said that pregnant women should routinely be offered the Pfizer vaccine at any stage of pregnancy. So they say this, and then they go on and they say that global surveillance data have not shown any significant safety concerns. Okay, so so here you go. Like I'm an ex-nurse, so when I see something like this, I think, okay, so to create a statement like this, there has to be a robust scientific evidence base under it. There has to be some science. There has to be. You, mm. you can't make a statement unless there is something to back yourself up. So I thought what I'll do is I'm going to send an FOI to the college and to ATAGI requesting the scientific evidence base that they used as a platform or foundation to create this statement. So ATAGI haven't emailed me back. That's not surprising. I'm, I'm guessing it would take time, but they have to send me that information under the Freedom of Information Act. They do have to. The Royal College didn't have to because they're a private entity, but they did email me back. Mm. Um, it was the same day, I think, that I emailed them. And so with Glee, I have thought, okay, look, they've given me nine references here. So I had to look through the references and we know, we know there is a robust science to, to, to act as a foundation to create this statement. But I thought, you know, if, if they're making this statement, that there, there, there must be just something there. There, ha- there has to be. It took me probably about 10 minutes to go over these references. I clicked onto every single link. And I, I, honestly, I, I, I'm just speechless. I, I, I cannot imagine that the entire committee... Of, of the doctors who are on this college are in agreement about this statement when the science behind this statement is basically non-existent. Mm. It is. It's shocking stuff, isn't it? And what does that... What, it's what, shocking. What, what does that actually... You know, what does that tell us? Look like... Was, yeah. Well, I mean, like, so they, they sent me nine references. Two, actually three, I think, were basically studies just looking at pregnancy and COVID. So that's not telling me about the Pfizer vaccine. So just scrub those off straight away. Mm -hmm. They sent me a link to the World Health Organization. Sorry, not interested. I asked for the science that that acts as a a, a platform to create this. So who? Not interested. Okay. Then they referenced the CDC. You don't reference another body when you're you're being asked for your science, right? So no, not interested. and, And then they sent me two studies that were on the um, immune modulating effects of the COVID vaccine um, in pregnancy. Again, that's not telling me about the safety of mum and baby. So cross those two off. And then they sent me a link to a clinical trial, which is ongoing. (laughs) That's not telling me anything either. So what, what really, really triggered me out of this list was one, one paper that I would say is their strongest paper that they could have used to create this statement, the strongest paper. Okay. So the strongest paper is simply a paper that is is basically what the info is gleaned from a surveillance system. So self-reporting pregnant women will, will report things onto this system. The, the authors of this study, I've read the whole study, the authors themselves say this is a very crude way to gather information. But the most disturbing paragraph in this paper, which is the strongest paper they could have used, let me read you this paragraph. Mm-hmm. 
we were unable to evaluate adverse outcomes that might occur in association with exposures, that's to the vaccine, earlier in pregnancy, such as congenital anomalies, because no pregnant persons who were vaccinated early in pregnancy have had live births yet. So this is basically saying we don't know if the women who had the vaccine in the first trimester are going to give birth to deformed babies. Mm. That's it. And that's their strongest paper. That's their strongest reference. Unbelievable. Wow. That's... Yeah. Oh, yeah, I can understand why you're triggered yeah. by that because that's crazy. Triggered. I mean, we, we've seen, I guess, what you would call a, you know, the, the anecdotal kind of evidence coming through, of obviously, the, you know, the social media channels of... Um, people saying, yeah, like, you know, pregnant women saying, yeah, you know, I'm pregnant. I'm, I'm, you know, you know, 30 weeks, uh, pregnant. Um, yeah, I'm going to get my, my Pfizer jab today. And then like two days later, they post up saying they've had a miscarriage and, you know, people saying they're 12 weeks pregnant, going to get my Pfizer jab or Moderna, jab, whatever it is, they're going to get the COVID vaccine. And then they post, you know, shortly after, uh, you know, sad news. We lost our baby. Um, we don't know what happened. Oh, don't worry. It wasn't the vaccine though. You know, they even chime in that half the time, but some of them have course speak out and say you know don't get this vaccine if you're pregnant you know like it's killing our babies in the womb and um yeah so we've 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 got loads low there is loads of that anecdotal kind of evidence out there from yeah which is first-hand evidence from people going through this this incredibly tragic scenario but you know you've just brought to the table then the the words from this um from this college saying that you know (laughs) Saying that basically, uh, you know, the science isn't there. They they um, they don't know enough about it. There hasn't been long enough. Um, but to me, when you said that, it kind of sounds like you know, of all the people that may have had it, none of them have given birth. Um, does that mean that they've all miscarried, or they just hasn't been that time elapsed? Yeah, yet? it means I think it's the ones who had the vaccine in the first trimester, um, first twelve weeks, haven't at least they haven't um, documented their births yet in the the re- online reporting system mm, on the okay. online registry so the, so, so the data just isn't there yeah, it's just leaving a big so, blank isn't it yeah yeah, yeah. but but yeah, but based that, on that yeah. they're, they're recommending that pregnant women get these shots i mean fuck me seriously yeah. <laughs> come on i know that you know i want to say that word too but my daughter's in the next room but yes exactly <laughs> and the thing is like what really makes me angry is that is that this is a college, it's the Royal College. And so the doctors on the ground who cannot be bothered to do the research, they can't be bothered and they're busy, they will look to the college and they will go, I'm sure these guys did their research. I'm sure they know what they're talking about. But I've got the references and they don't. Yeah, massive, mass. I'm so angry, really. Yeah, understandably so, Naomi. Um, and thank you for bringing that information to light. Let's cross over to I'll cross over to you, Ando. First of all, like when you hear news like that, and like I mentioned, we, we've seen the anecdotal evidence. But now, when you see information coming from one of these bodies saying that, oh yeah, they're recommending it, but they don't have the science yet. You know, so what are they basing this recommendation on, um, Ando? <laughs> you know, man, I just I I just don't think they give a shit anymore. I really don't. I just think the, the the agenda and the movement forward with the whole um, COVID-like um, uh, movement means everything. They've got the weight of the public and the politicians and everyone behind them. I really, I seriously think they just they they just don't care. They just don't care. Like, you know, that's that's my that's my thought. 
uh, about it but, is that yeah, everything is just thrown out the window. Like, I get why you're saying that, but at the same time, like, you know, like these are, you know, probably at one time professionals in their fields, you know, other, you know, former doctors or former practicing medical doctors or, or specialists or something. Like, surely it's like, I know I, I get how you can come to that conclusion, but I just can't, I can't get there myself. I'm like, how can these people just not care? Like, I just, it blows me away. Like, they're, maybe they're, are they bored and paid for? Are these people just getting paid off by the pharmaceutical companies? I mean, is it a case of they won't say anything negative and they'll recommend it purely because they don't want to bite the hand that feeds them? I mean, is that, could that be a case maybe? Well, there is, there is that. And they all know that if they go in the opposite direction and start like poking holes in that sort of thing, then it's the same as if they came on to, I don't know, TV or any social media platform and, and announced that, you know, COVID is a, is a huge scam on humanity. And that, that I, they just don't care. They just don't care. I'm really sure of it. Mm. No one gives a fuck. Ethan, um, I mean, maybe we should start doing FOI requests to find out where the Royal College funding comes from, mate. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a very interesting question as well, General, to, to de- delve down that rabbit hole. Mm. And, you know, to, to the point that you're just speaking on there before I touch on the study itself, you know, it's, it's sort of a testament to how the structure of anything that was within the scientific establishment works you know there's a handful of people at the top and it might not even be that they are to your point just before even that they don't care for example they might have just written that in their study that we are still not um, writing the results until these women have birth what happens is is because most of the masses and most of the passing down that happens there's there's a loss of of the message and there's different interpretations and people spin that to then say this is complete evidence that suggests that it's safe for pregnant ladies but once you actually trace the evidence back you see a completely different story and this is what you see through a whole plethora of topics in the world whether it be history and a lot of the things that we've spoken about and i think it really goes to the heart of what we've been speaking about for the last few weeks on this show and that's the need to look at the evidence for yourself and go searching for the evidence yourself. And Naomi is one of the very few who has requested the information for herself, has actually gone to double-check the sources. And like most people that, that do take that route, you find with a number of topics that once you get to the so-called source material or the original person that come up with the study, or the original source that everyone around the world is referencing, that because they don't have the capabilities to look it up for themselves or to do the studies for themselves, they just appeal to authority and mass consensus. But once you get to that source material, as Naomi has done, and she's found the strongest publication that they have, it's a completely different message than is being given out at the surface level. And so we can discuss, you know, why that is. But to to Naomi's point, she's uncovered that, you know, the evidence really isn't there once you once you look for it. Mm. And this is the first that I've heard about it. And it's very dark. That's a very dark thing, too, because once I heard this original story that they said it's safe for pregnant children, you know, if you know the epsilon agenda. Yeah. 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 For pregnant women. Once you know the epsilon agenda and you know. The, the systematic medical targeting of babies in utero, 
that has been going on for many decades now. And the reasons for that, this just adds another dark element to that. And well, it, I can it, understand it makes it a, it's a proof to your point, country. Ethan. That's what this yeah, is. Well, that's, this is proving your point of, the, of this Epsilon agenda, man. Yeah, well, that's it. You know, that, that um, you know, Brave New World was a, was a blueprint and this, you know, pharmacologically induced slave class, which, you know, is, is, you know, completely damaged, you know, because of the medical industry on purpose. It seems like that is, is coming to life. And these are just stories that, that back that up. And it is a, it is a very interesting thing to, to uncover. It's very deep information, but we all need to do this. We all need to look at the evidence for ourselves because these people are just making this stuff up or, you know, and or it's being translated wrong. So, yeah, it's a, it's a fascinating discovery. But not only that, though, too, Ethan, you know, like as Naomi mentioned, that there, a lot of the citations that, that they've sent her is just trying to point her in somewhere else, you know, just sending her on the wild goose chase. I'll go look at the CDC. I'll go look at this, you know, yeah. this, this, this group, the WHO. I'll go, you know, like, just go away. Just go away, Naomi. <laughs> yeah. She's not going away, folks. <laughs> sure. That's it. And it's, and it, it's a testament to the point as well, you know, who's looking this up? You know, these are the the trials and the studies of these colleges themselves. Is this being cross-referenced by the CDC or if it was in Australia, would this be investigated by the TGA? It's funny to me that the TGA dismisses um, some of the reports, the anecdotal evidence that are given to them that talk about vaccine deaths or vaccine injuries. Oh, because we haven't had the time to investigate it. It's all anecdotal. But for most of the major studies that back up this science, they are taking anecdotal evidence from people as well. Mm. So they're doing the exact same thing. So you start to unveil not only the deceptions, but the contradictions of, of this medical establishment, which you start to realize is, is working more like a religion than uh, anything that's really based within objection. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Naomi, just so you know, like Ethan's been doing a hell of a lot of work lately, um, really digging down and getting deeper and deeper on topics like, you know, what is the source material for this claim? And he goes on a lot about that on, on the work that he does. So when you sort of mentioned that you've got some of this source material and yet the source material itself is bogus, like it just proves his points once again, you know, he's just on the money with that as well. But yeah, kudos to you, Naomi, for actually doing those hard yards. Love, It's, it's awesome. Thank you for sharing my triggered state because like, you know, I, I'm just, I'm enraged about it. I need someone to be enraged with me. And I want to, I'm going to make a little video post for my Facebook too. Um, probably it will be censored and taken down at some point, but um, people just need to know. Um, I mean, even like simple things, like this is really simple. The CDC are coming out now and they are saying that young people who have the mRNA vaccines have a higher incidence of myocarditis. This is, this is in the public realm. Everybody knows it now. So are people not thinking if I am pregnant and I have this vaccine, it's going to go into my baby. They know that. And it says on the, it says on the, um, on the, on the, the statement on, on the website that, that immunity is thought to be transferred thought. But so if there's some, if, if, if it is going into the baby and we know that young people who have the vaccine have a high incidence of myocarditis, are people not thinking might my baby be born with a heart defect? Like, why are people not thinking that? This this is just, this is common sense stuff. This mm. isn't even conspiracy stuff. 
Yeah, you'd think that, but as we've discussed many times on this on this particular show, uh, Naomi, uh, people have lost the ability for to critically think. Most of, not not everyone, of course. There's a lot of people who are kind of waking up to this and starting to think for themselves a bit more. But um, you know, they just they don't know how to think. They're being told what to think, not how to think, um, and that comes very much heavily because of the indoctrination through mainstream media and all the propaganda. It's very powerful stuff. You know, we've talked about that the TV and the you know, all the, the online media and the radio, it's very, very powerful propaganda tools and they work very well. Um, it's really hard yeah, to yeah, break I the totally spell. Agree. Yeah. Like a, a brainwave entrainment, like a literal frequency entrainment coming from the, the television itself mm. and social media, a vibration, um, but also the, the, the fruits of mainstream schooling. Like we're literally seeing the product of mainstream schooling manifesting mm. now in society mm. mainstream education mm. although some of us have, have sort of slipped through the cracks yoohoo <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> well i'm sitting here we're all raising our hands that's us yeah <laughs> i mean i shared a post um i follow the the babylon b because um, it's a satire site but um they're really sticking it to the agenda at the moment and one of the posts they put up recently which i shared um <laughs> got a, they've got a little clip in it a little um screenshot that they've created of course but it says facebook to provide pop-up warning when your friends begin thinking for themselves and it has on the caption are you concerned that someone you know is thinking for himself we care about preventing independent thought on facebook make sure you report uh friends who are exercising free thought (laughs) and that's what it says like and that but that's like it's taking the piss but it's literally just pointing out the absurdity to what's really going on and that's exactly what we're talking about (laughs) you 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 shared that you shared that like two days ago i did started getting terrorist warnings or extremist warnings like i didn't get that my friends got extremist warnings have you seen that i People did are getting... yeah, yeah. <laughs> seriously yeah you, you can't think for yourself that's extremism right. andy andy and uh, ethan don't think for yourself you're an extremist <laughs> oh it's shocking yeah it's um, crazy I'll, I'll stuff. Bit, uh, I, I was a bit devo mate i didn't get the tag I was. I didn't get the tag. Yeah, no. Extremism. I'd like I to wear like a badge of honor myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was a bit devo. Yeah. Look, <laughs> speaking it's of, crazy. Um, they've they've done a whole transformation. But speaking to that point as well, um, guys, uh, I wanted to to share this as well. So my wife, I'm not in, on Instagram, but my wife is, and she she started following um, Anastasia Palachuk um, just to you know, keep in up to date with the, the bullshit coming out of there as well. And she, you know, she's always nudging me going, hey, look at this, look at this one. But then she goes through and reads all the comments from all the people just absolutely hammering them on social media. Every time they put up a post saying, oh, they're doing this, lockdown this, lockdown that, you know, restriction this, whatever. Uh, the public are absolutely smashing them on social media and their comments and responses and stuff. Uh, but what we've seen in and she sent me a screenshot, and I'll, I'll put this in the show notes as well for folks to have a look at as well. Um, but people, are, they keep commenting, why are the comments being deleted? What happened to all the comments? Is this a don't ask? Um, what happened to all the comments? You know, uh, why are you deleting all the comments? That's what people keep saying, you know, like, so they're actively going through. She has a team, of course, that monitors and looks after her social media. I mean, anyone who thinks that they're going to get a response from Anastasia herself, you, you, like, you're kidding yourselves. These These people don't go on Facebook, they don't go on Instagram, they have staff that do this for them. 
but they have teams of people editing the comments and, <laughs> and manipulating the public perception. So that's part of her, I would say, part of her public perception you know, management team that she has um, in order to to make it, you know, get rid of all the negative comments, only keep the positive ones, or use the the paid bots that they have overseas to come on, jump on, and, and say how wonderful all the things is that she's doing. Um, you know, because that's another tactic that these guys use as well. I mean, they have it. They have this in their budget. This is part of their budget, folks. They have a part of their budget set aside to um, for this this um, public perception management via social media. And they actually pay overseas companies to jump on and create accounts and have fake accounts that go on and support what they're doing, so it makes them look good. I mean, just have a look at Dan Andrews' accounts, for example. You'll see that for for uh, for starters. Lots of it going on down there as well. But crazy stuff. So that's that's the sort of thing we're dealing with, folks. We're dealing with this mass manipulation uh, on a, on a massive scale. It's just crazy. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention too, guys, is that um, IMOP, the Informed Medical Options Party, put up uh, some information just recently, and I've shared that uh, a couple of hours ago. An IMOP investigation into claims that vaccines undergo stringent assessments by the TGA. So they've actually gone on. They've done the FOI, um, FOI like yourself there, Naomi. And uh, this is what they put up here. We are told by our government representatives that all vaccines in use in Australia must undergo stringent or rigorous assessments by the Therapeutic Goods Administration, TGA. However, our investigations show that the TGA assessments are somewhat less than stringent or rigorous by any reasonable measure. Our evidence-based findings listed below. Um... And they've got some examples here. So from the TGA website, the TGA rigorously assesses vaccines for safety, quality, and efficacy before they can be used in Australia. The TGA regulates therapeutic goods through pre-market assessment, post-market monitoring, and enforcement of standards, licensing of Australian manufacturers, and verifying overseas manufacturers' compliance with the same standards as their Australian counterparts. Um, so the TGA misle misleadingly describes its vaccine assessments. Before any COVID-19 vaccine is approved for use in Australia, it will be subject to the TGA's stringent assessment and approval process. The TGA rigorously assesses blah, 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 which I said that before. And they've said, when we reviewed the TGA's uh, OzPARs for the COVID vaccines, we found that all of the COVID vaccines, we found that all of the cl clinical trials used for their assessments were by vaccine manufacturers and developers, and none were independent. For example, they've got examples, of course, there of AstraZeneca, uh, about the trials they conducted themselves, blah, blah, blah. The TGA assessed the data provided by the manufacturers and their associates who conducted the trials. The TGA did not conduct its own trials or commission independent trials. So everyone needs to keep that in mind. That's good ammunition there to throw back at the folks who are such pro-vaccine zealots that they talk about the safety and they're all tested, blah, blah, blah. Oh, no. And when you sort of ask them, oh, yeah, so we've tested these in Australia, have we? No, no, not the case at all, folks. The TGA does jack shit. They don't test anything. All they do is assess the shit they're given from the manufacturers themselves. Oh, Naomi, I might just throw to you first yeah, on that I one. Know. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, exactly. It's just like, uh, I know. I, I'm it's, just. It's a fox guarding the hen house, you know? I know. And, you know, I'm just immediately reminded of. Uh, before we had the AstraZeneca here, everyone was saying, oh, but, you know, in Europe, they're, they're changing the age limit because of blood clots. And it was like this mantra 
no, it's safe and effective. The TGA is blah, blah, and it's safe and effective. So then they, they release it, and then they get the blood clots, and then, oh, ooh, whoops, you know, whoops-a-daisy, we do have blood clots, so we're going to make it for the over 50s. And so, you know, suddenly it's not safe and effective for those under 50. And then, oh, no, more blood clots. Okay, so over 60s this time. Okay, guys. And everyone's forgotten at the beginning it was like it's safe and effective, and our TGA is, is, is a very trustworthy body. And now PM is saying everybody can get it. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. What mm. a circus. Mm. Incredible. Yeah, it just goes to show that uh, these people are not only, um, you know, uh, incapable of, of doing any actual work themselves, but they're just corporate mouthpieces. They're just corporate mouthpieces for the big pharma um, companies that are pushing the products onto the population. Um, an interesting tidbit of information uh, I saw today as well, guys, is uh, it says here, no, new, daily new confirmed cases of uh, COVID-19. This is for the UK. Um, now, on the 16th of April, there was 14% of the population was, in quotations, fully vaccinated. And there was about twenty-six, sorry, 2,676 new cases way back on the 16th of April. Now, as of the 30th of June, so three days ago, 50, well, 49%, so let's just say 50% of the population is now fully vaccinated. And there have been nearly 20,000, apparently, new cases over there in the UK. So what's going on? I mean, uh, we're all telling, they're telling us we've got to get vaccinated, we've got to get vaccinated, we need to bring these case levels down. And Ethan, uh, didn't you just share something uh, today, I think, um, from the New South Wales Chief Health Officer Kerry Chant. Yeah. And what was that? Do you remember what you shared? Yeah, well, they, they're talking about uh, Sydney's lockdown, New mm-hmm. South Wales, and they were saying that if the cases don't reduce down to zero by the July 9th end date, that they'll probably be looking at extending the uh, lockdown in New South Wales. You have to get down to zero. We've got to flatten the curve again, mate. What? <laughs> Seriously? How did I miss that? Yes. Really? Yes. Um, that was out of news.com.au and Ethan shared that over at TOTT News there. But yeah, so, um, you yeah, know, they're obviously doing that. That to me is a push for, again, more vaccinations, but of course then to, you know, reel in the public again because you know, we're seeing pictures of people in Sydney. Just, they've had enough. They're... they're they're, they're over it. They're not going to go along yeah, the lines of that. Melbourne. They're going to the beaches. They're going, you know, they're just getting out. They're not wearing masks. They're forgetting this stupid lockdown bullshit. And they're, they're just over it. Um, and now they're, you know, the Kerry Chant here is up on her high horse coming down hard on them saying, well, we're going to extend lockdowns. We're going to do this until we get these case numbers down. I'll tell you how to get case numbers down, Cherry. Stop fucking testing people or just stop lying about the cases you reckon you've got. And this whole thing goes away. <laughs> It's it's crazy. It's crazy, and it's and they're, they're doing the whole Orwellian tactic again. Well, oh well, that's only a possibility. Things are looking all right now, you know. Even though we've had, but then this morning there was another thirty-five supposed cases, you know. So it's it's this whole Orwellian tactic where they they make the people believe that um, better things are coming. Oh, we've got a three-step plan, or this is how we're going to get out of this, but you realise that nothing has changed in almost a year and a half now. But they keep telling us things are going to change, things are going to change. So it keeps our morale up. It keeps our hopes up that things are indeed going to change. It's just a perpetual Orwellian game. And this is what's happening out of New South Wales textbook. Yeah, and you're right. So true. And even the... Sorry, go now, Sorry, go on. 
I was just going to say that even the PM, I just screenshot that today, but I didn't share it yet in his, um, his three-step plan or if it's four, three steps, I don't know how many steps it is. Um, but one of the steps on this plan is lockdowns only to be used in emergencies or as, as a last resort. It's like, well, w- what are they now? They were, they're supposed to be a last resort now, not a first resort. Mm. Yeah, very true. <laughs> that's it. I saw that press conference. I saw that press conference where he's announcing that. And that's a perfect example, Naomi, for sure. And they're talking about, well, this is how things are going to be completely back to normal. If you're traveling in from overseas, you'll have a COVID test before, a COVID test after and have to quarantine. How is that completely back to normal, mm. Scotty? That's mm-hmm. not normal at all. And then he goes on to say, well, the normalities will apply to the vaccinated crowd. Yeah. Whereas the unvaccinated, you're not included in this three-step plan. Yeah. Much to your (laughs) point there, Ethan, with regards to going around in circles with this stuff, um, you know, like I mentioned, the stats coming out of the UK, low low case numbers at the very start of the rollout of the vaccine. Now that they've had 50% of the population fully vaccinated, the case numbers are fucking through the roof again. Um, And yet here we have Kerry Chant telling everyone, well, we're going to keep you in lockdown until you all get your shots and, you know, uh, all that sort of stuff but well what we're seeing out of the UK is that the more shots equals the more cases you know that's so it's going to be a per- never-ending perpetuation of this fucking lockdown um, and then of course we have guys um, Naomi you're not in Queensland are you? No no, I'm in Sydney okay so we've had um, some information also come to light saying that uh, and Andy I'm pretty sure and Ethan you guys are aware of this as well but they want to they've tabled a bill they've tabled a bill so that they can extend the lockdown in Queensland until April next year, from instead of instead of doing the <laughs> ni- the ninety day roll on that they always do, they want to extend it just all the way through. Like just um, where is it? And so uh, I've got the information just here now. Uh, a good bloke by the name of Stephen Andrew, the MP for Mirani, he seems to be all over this. He hates all this shit. But the honourable, the honourable, I hate when they call themselves honourable. Uh, Yvette Diath from the ALP, Public Health and Other Legislation, is what they've uh, put forward. New Queensland bill extends emergency powers to the 30th of April 2022. Um, so on the 16th of June, uh, which was you know just over two weeks ago, nearly three weeks ago, right in the middle of budget week, the Health Minister uh, Yvette Diath tabled a new bill extending the public health emergency response measures from the 30th of September 2021 to the 30th of April 2022. Um, so I've got that information there as well. But basically, that's what they want to do. They're, they're, they're pretty much sick of just, oh, we'll wait another 90 days and see here we go. And then, because as we know, and I, we highlighted this as well, uh, Naomi, that every time these in, state of emergency declaration, excuse me, is about to end, usually within the week leading up to it, all of a sudden cases come out of nowhere. Um, there's a hotel quarantine case, and then all oh, it broke out yeah, of hotel quarantine. And of course, you know, it spreads around on oh, and we've we've got two cases. Oh, it's doubled, double cases. You know, you see headlines, yeah. double case. Oh, that means four. You know, like, come on, it's just ridiculous. And then of course, that gives them the ammunition they need to then uh, put in restrictions, of course, masks, put in the lockdowns, which we went to lockdown 4.0 here in Queensland, uh, mainly in, in the Brisbane area, of course, Southeast Queensland. Uh, and then, of course, they extend the state of declaration, which, of course, they did. And like I said, they've extended it to the 30th, uh, around the 30th of September this year. But this stupid MP wants to extend it uh, even longer again. Um, wow, just just crazy, crazy times. Uh, boys, uh, Andy, I'll throw to you, actually, first, because I haven't heard from you a little bit. But 
did you see that information? Did you were you privy to that? Because that that did not get talked about in any media whatsoever. This was just quietly pushed through as they usually are. I just I didn't. I thought I thought that I knew that it was extended. I just thought it was an extended for three months. But you're telling me it was been extended for nine? No, they've tabled a bill so that they can vote on it, so that they can do a permanent one until the 30th of April. So it hasn't actually done it yet. Um, uh-huh. I think they've got a report back by the 6th of August before. So we've got like the submissions are due uh, 5 p.m. the 7th of July before they can go and you know chat about it and stuff and work out what they're actually going to do so it hasn't actually gone through they've just she's this stupid moles just tabled this bill um, you know to extend this these uh, emergency powers until then the Mm. trouble is in Queensland like um, unlike uh, you know a federal government and other states is that we don't have a Senate right so you basically got like um, palace chook in the in the hot seat in there that makes completely like um unredactable decisions there's mm. no there's no there's no opposition to whatever they want to do no so if they, if, if they do want to do this there's there's nothing that can stop it um that's the risk that you take in in a in a, a democracy like this one here where you've got no oversight like a senate so yeah, it probably will just just roll through. There's no, there's not going to be any opposition to the thing, um, mm. and the only opposition will be the people, of course. Well, there'll be a, I think yeah. there's only like one or two MPs maybe that will probably that we know of. I think so far, including the Stephen Andrew MP for Morani, he he'll definitely oppose it. But I dare say he's in the minority, and they'll just allow them to do this to us for sure. Yeah, I think you you've got it. You're probably right, Andy. As much as I hate to say it, it, it's going to need a lot of pushback from the people. So we need to get that information out. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, because they do want to be popular. Of course, that's the main thing that they that they all they think about is being popular. So this type of decision needs to be made. You know, like like. Basically, the information has to get out there, and then people really, really need to, you know, comment on it, and um, you know, really, because it's an absolute disgrace. It's really, really going to like push us back, you know, way back into the dark ages. This sort of thing it just gives them complete power, mm. without even without this nonsense, like you know, everyone's been saying, you know, that the end of June we we're going to go into another, you know, you know, like fake period where we're going to make up a you know a new story from extended lockdowns um they don't have to do any they don't have to do anything anymore like after this they can basically do whatever they want you know yeah which it's just disgraceful yeah so, yeah it is and um yeah. boys did you notice uh and as you may have as well and naomi that uh you know they didn't worry about doing any lockdown measures here in queensland or in brisbane area until of course they um, they finished the game the the state of origin match the big football match uh, well done to New South Wales motherfuckers but anyway um, yeah they they, did, they waited for that to finish because Suncorp Stadium was a big sellout it was you know fifty six thousand people there um, and apparently <laughs> this is more this is where it gets even more ludicrous uh, going into the stadium they were handing out masks so everyone had to wear masks when you're walking around everywhere if you're up out of your seat you had to put the mask on but as soon as you're in your seat. You know, shoulder to shoulder with all all the people around you, you could take the mask off. That's what they were doing. But if you wanted to get up, go to the toilet, you had to go and put your mask on. You know, still walking shoulder to shoulder with everyone else in the crowds. You know, but if you're sitting, of course, as we know, sitting prevents COVID, um, as you know. So, 
<laughs> but that was part of the lunacy, uh, Naomi. I'm not sure if you guys caught wind of that up here. But and then, of course, the state of origin finished. And then the lockdowns. Hey, snap, lockdown, three days. All hell breaks loose. You know, it's ridiculous. What is it about the double standards with, you know, what we're allowed to do in sport? Like, what what actually is that? Like, why? Like, can you guys figure out, like, there must be a reason, a dark reason. But why? Why do they allow these big sporting events, like the cricket money. and all of this sort of stuff? Like, what's, what is this? It's a money issue, you know, because that, that brings a lot of revenue for the state, you know. And uh, they, they're like, well, you know, we're, we're going broke as it is. Um, we've got nothing. We've got no money. So they're like, well, you we better allow these big events to allow a bit of money coming into the state, so we can you know get our revenue and so forth. Um, that's that's basically what it is comes it down to. To keep, to keep to keep the people happy. Is what I mean. Like you know, imagine. I think if, that's more of you know, a, right. That yeah, for sure. That's yeah. what um, Aldous Huxley described it. He described the ultimate control system as the bread in the circus. The oh, circus yes, being sporting venues. And George Orwell spoke about that quite um, frequently. You know, just let them have their football and their beer and their chips and they'll be fine. They'll have no uh, reason to rebel. You give them yeah. the bread in the circus. And this is a way to give that type of um, false hope within, yes. you know, a, a scenario, a perpetual saga where all of our rights are being stripped and removed. Mm. But yet we can still watch football on TV and go to games and all of these things. Anything that you know, supports that continuous, you know, pleasure, pleasuristic dumbing mm. down of society, that stays open. You know, you notice that these types of things stay open. Alcohol is allowed to stay open during lockdowns, you know, bottle shops, all this type of stuff. Yeah, they're, but they're, they're necessary. Yeah. etc. shut down. Yeah, there's, there's certain necessary things. And I think, yeah, Naomi, you're spot on with that, for sure. Mm. All right, guys, let's want to just uh, pop this one over here to uh, to our guest here. So I mentioned it before we started recording. Headline out of Bloomberg, mixing Astra and Pfizer shots creates strong immune response. And it says mixing doses of COVID-19 vaccines from Pfizer Inc. and AstraZeneca creates a strong immune response, according to results from a University of Oxford study. Of course, University of Oxford is the creator of the AstraZeneca vaccine, a finding that could enable greater flexibility in the use of scarce supplies. A mixed oh, schedule. Oh my god! Okay, well, I might just stop it right there. After that's only the first paragraph. I'm not even going to read any more. No, 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 no. no it's fine. Like actually, because I, I actually didn't know that they had done a study. So when you first said it, I was like, how? Because I know in the beginning it was being suggested, and I was like, this is utterly ludicrous. But if they have actually done a study. Um, Oxford University did it. I wonder. I wonder what they found. Like, what? And how the heck does that even work biologically? Because they're totally different mechanisms. These vaccines. Mm -hmm. That the, the mRNA isn't even a vaccine. So what? What? Anyway, carry on. Just carry on. Let me calm down. Well, Take I wanted to. <laughs> I love triggering you. It's awesome. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted to actually just analyze that first paragraph first of all. You know, where where I said uh, so mixing doses from those two different brands, two different products, creates a strong immune response. Um, that statement, first of all, just because you get a strong immune response doesn't mean you are protected from a so-called virus or disease or whatever. It just means that your yep. body has responded to those injections. That's all that means. Exactly. 
spot on. Yeah. Exactly. You're talking <laughs> about something that they're measuring in the blood. They're not looking at the vitality. Mm. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Oh, it's just so insane. They're not looking <laughs> at the vitality of the host, <laughs> which is what health is, yeah. which is what immunity is. Yeah. And the other part of that sentence, the second uh, well, it says, according to results from a University of Oxford study. Well, that just brings us right back to what you broke out um, when we sort of first started talking. It's just the, the fox guarding the hen house. You know, it's it's the study coming out of the own, the manufacturer's own work. It's not an independent study or anything like that. It's just the, this is the work that they're putting out to promote their products once again. Exactly. That kind of like almost like circular reasoning yeah. or, you know, in philosophy, you get the coherence theory of truth. It's just internally coherent propositions or statements that just don't correspond externally to reality it's just circular mm. and now the last bit of that sentence this is again we're just working off the fucking first paragraph folks the last sentence or part of the sentence says a finding that could enable greater flexibility in the use of scarce supplies so there they have the um, putting in the mindset of the folks there the artificial <laughs> scarcity of this thing that we need to yes. line up for we need to book in we're going to get this yeah. my shot you know the scarce oh uh, wow. Marketing tactics. Absolutely. Marketing yes. <laughs> Go yes. Would know about that. That's exactly what it is. You hit the nail right on the head. Um, I, I, to be honest, I'll put the link in the show notes for this article, guys, but I don't even read it, want to read any more of it. I just wanted to bring that to the table to let you know that this is the sort of shit that they're coming out with now. You know, the first advice was do not mix the shots. You know, if you get one, you've got to get the same one for the second one. And now they've just simply thrown that right out the window. Oh, no, no, it's it's good. Get both of them. Come on, come on, folks, seriously. Oh, it just blows me away. And the people are reading this and probably thinking, oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. I don't have to wait for another Pfizer one, or I don't have to wait for another AstraZeneca one. I can just go and get either one. Why don't I just get a Moderna or a Johnson Johnson one, or whatever? And you know, maybe I'll get the Russian one or something too. Oh, Jesus Christ. Boys, uh, Ethan, I might throw to you first of all. Like I said, that was that's one paragraph I just read out of that article, Ethan. <laughs> and look what we're dealing with. This is the kind of <laughs> shit that they're putting out there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's ridiculous, mate. You know, I uh, I can I can mix uh, two types of alcohol together for a, for a stronger effect, um, but it's not really recommended most of the time. You probably are getting, you know, you're getting some sort of stronger effect. It's because you're getting two different Poisons. concoctions yeah. at the same time. You know what I mean? Like it's it's completely ridiculous, and it starts to seem like they don't even know their own stories anymore there's that many just talking heads and, and references and, and studies as we were relating to before about the astrazeneca over 50s now back to everyone we go around in circles i don't think anyone knows what the hell they're talking about anymore and they're just parroting information that comes from the developers of these products mm. and they're doing whatever they can to sway public opinion um in in the public sphere so they'll just put out whatever study, whatever concocted study they need to try and sway that opinion. But the, the problem is, is we get so long into it that people like yourself, people like myself, like Naomi, we start to see that these stories don't make sense anymore and that they start to contradict each other and that it's not one coherent message that's being put out by these people. And this is just another one that comes out. You know, I've spoken to a lot of women just about you know, um, vaccines and, and vaccines when you're pregnant. And, and the amount of women that have said to me, like, mate, I, I didn't even have an aspirin when I was pregnant. 
and these you know and all of these stories like oh i was i was too scared to even have this or to even have one cigarette you know and and now they're expecting um mothers they're expecting people to just get like two concoctions at the same time these things were never heard of just let, let alone a decade ago these types of concepts but now they've all just been fast-tracked and it's 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 the new age mm. the new age a brave new age my friend mm. yeah I, so, I i think um you know adam from Creswell's actually puts it best when he says on some of his shows you know saying you're going to get one vaccine over another is just like saying you you want to play russian roulette with a different brand of bullet that's all it is you know you <laughs> yeah <laughs> You know, it's, that's that's basically what it comes down to. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to throw that one in the mix as well. <laughs> in the mix, um, yeah, incredible stuff. This is the sort of things they're coming out with. Again, confusing the message. Message we're seeing that a lot with regards to this. The message is completely confused. They keep the the public in a state of confusion. Um, you know, I think I highlighted immediately when they put us into this stupid lockdown that they were saying things like. Um, you know, oh, you've got to wear masks, mask mandates, uh, all that sort of shit. And then you log on to, and I shared screenshots and, and links to the Queensland Health website where on, a, on one page it says, you know, uh, masks, while not mandatory, and yet on another page when you click on, they say, oh, masks are mandatory. And then it's like, well, you're just confusing the message, folks. Like how people are, first of all, of course, they're not mandatory. You know, you don't, any, they, didn't, they never talk about the exemptions and all that sort of shit. But uh, again, just confusing the message there. Just sort of bring that up as well. But uh, hey, one other thing I put out, guys, over at realnewsaustralia.com, uh, and I might throw to our guest uh, for her uh, opinion on this, uh, was a... Let me just put the link in the show notes here for you. So if you just click on your Skype chat, Naomi, I'll put a link to the article there. Uh, you don't have to actually watch the video, but there's a, a link to a video there from an NBC uh, reporter. Janice Mackie Freyer, and she interviewed the Chinese Center for Disease Control, Dr. Wu Zanyu. All right, so this guy, in an interview in January this year, she went back to, apparently she went back to Wuhan and was talking to these people after a year of whatever happened over there. And this, this doctor, in, an, in the interview, which was completely glossed over by the reporter, she didn't go, oh, excuse me, can you repeat that? She didn't say, uh, wait, wait a minute, no, no head tilt, no like strange look on her face. You know, she's just sitting there with her fucking mask on in the interview. But anyway, this guy, this doctor says, and, uh, and I quote, they didn't isolate the virus. That's the issue. That's what he says in the interview. They've never, they have not isolated this virus. And we've been talking about this for a long time, that this thing doesn't exist. It's not real. There is no SARS-CoV-2. There is no COVID-19. It is not real. It is a fiction. And then you have this bombshell admission from this Chinese doctor that says this, that they haven't, they didn't isolate the virus. That's the issue. And she just completely glosses over it and continues on with the interview. But to me, that just, that's the whole, that is the linchpin that this whole house of cards is sitting on, that this thing is real when you have someone, an actual scientist from the CDC in China saying it doesn't exist. What do you make of that? I'm really, I'm going to go away and read that after our call today. I'm really interested because, yeah, I know. And there's been people saying over the past year and a half, it hasn't been isolated. So, and then others saying, well, yeah, it has. And it's hard to know what's the truth. Um, This is fascinating. Like from my perspective, like, has there been something that has been making some people unwell in a way that is a bit different to normal? Yes, 
according to what I've heard from, for example, I've got family in Egypt and they've, they've had a really hard time. So I know that there is something and I know that it's different to what normally goes around at that time of year or even now it's summer and there are still people getting this sickness. Um, but I, I'm guessing that the confusion, right, on, on our side too is part of the bigger psyop because we are also supposed to be confused. Mm, I mentioned that before, yeah. You know what I mean? We're supposed to be squabbling amongst ourselves. Has it been isolated? Has it not? Blah, blah, blah. It just, it, it, it adds to the confusion because, yeah. because, because, yeah, and people saying, like, it actually doesn't exist. Like, but, 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 but what? Because there is something, something, something has made some people unwell. But do you think maybe it's just perhaps, um, you know, the same things that were always making people sick, but it's just they've just renamed it. You know, we've seen things like um, uh, um, bacterial pneumonia uh, have, and flu and things like this have just disappeared now. And they just call it, oh, no, they've got COVID, you know, where, but, but the symptoms are, if you, were, if you were looking at the symptoms of these things that these people are having that's what they would normally diagnose with things like bacterial pneumonia back in the day, which is, which can, well, which can be easily spread from true. people, you know? Um, and this, yes, it's true. yeah. And, and look, to me, look at, to me, that's a shocking admission. Nonetheless, you know, that this, the, the center for disease control themselves, this guy, this doctor says that they haven't isolated the virus. And when you actually look into it further, and I've got some links in that article as well, I didn't put these together. They were put together by someone else, but I've looked at them as well. And um, they basically demonstrate and they show you that they based this, you know, this SARS-CoV-2 admission that they, they think that they've got it. It was, only, it was all based on a computer model. It's not something they've looked under a microscope or an you know, electron microscope or whatever and gone, ah, there it is. That's what's making people sick. It's purely based off models from a computer. And that, that modeling was yeah. based off the first SARS information that they had. That's it. That's all it's come from. You know, um, and all the all the information is actually there for people to see for themselves. But it's you, you've kind of got to look a little bit deeper into it. Uh, but I just to me that mm. that that was just uh, you know an incredible admission from something from someone straight out of there um, when they when they came out with this. And I actually did a podcast with uh, Rob D guys on the bonus show um, a couple of nights ago, and we were sort of talking about this same thing as well. And it it was revealed where there was some documentation that came out. That they were calling and uh, calling for uh, the development of an mRNA vaccine to COVID nineteen uh, coming out of China, going to um, medical establishments in the US, not necessarily the CDC, but I think maybe some university hospitals, saying we need to come up with a vaccine for for uh, for COVID nineteen. This was well before COVID-19 had even entered the vernacular. It hadn't even come out in the media or anywhere else that COVID-19 was a thing. Remember back in the day when it originally thing was just coronavirus. They kept calling it coronavirus, 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 or SARS. They actually called it SARS-CoV-2 back in the day. And now it's all just COVID-19. It's all you hear from the media. But that, that had come out that they were asking for a development of a vaccine to COVID-19 before there was even COVID-19 had even hit the, the main stage, right? And... Yeah. What I think was happening yeah, is totally. that they've. I, that. I don't think they've created this, you know, a virus in a lab. I think what they've created in a lab is perhaps you know these synthetic or artificial proteins, which is what's probably actually uh, they've put into these shots. You know, these spike proteins and whatnot. Uh, I think this is my belief. Uh, the boys might differ as well, and you may differ as well. But I think what they've done is they've created something 
in the lab, whether it's the, the spike protein, an artificial uh, synthetic version of this thing with you know containing synthetic RNA as well. Remember, none of this stuff is actually come from nature. It's all artificially created, this stuff. And it's genetically modified as well. Uh, that's what I think. If, if anyone wants to talk about it, something's gotten out from a lab or you know if they were testing this on people and didn't realize... You know, maybe that's what's actually gotten loose, this this particular kind of spike protein thing that's causing and wreaking havoc uh, among populations. And yet they're just calling it perhaps maybe a uh, COVID-19. Anyway, uh, yeah, you know what I mean? With that, that makes a lot of sense. Yep, yep, yep. Mm. But I mean, like I said, especially when you have these admissions and this this documentation coming out, and it was just, it was these these emails that kind of got released uh, that showed that they're, they're, these, these university hospitals in China were going back and forth saying, oh, we need to come up with an mRNA vaccine for COVID-19. Again, well before, months, uh, actually not months, I think weeks was the timeline, weeks before they even said COVID-19 was was even ushered for the first time uh, in media or uh, from World Health Organization or CDC or from anyone in the world. So, you know, they were onto this thing well before it had even come out. So very interesting. Uh, boys, I wanted to cross over... And if you've still got some time now, be hang with us. Uh, just taking some things off my list here. Now, so we're seeing a lot of growing pressure mounting uh, against fellow people out there who don't want to wear masks and they are claiming whether they've got it or not. I don't care. It's none of my business. But there are people out there, of course, claiming they have exemptions to wear masks. Hey, I do it myself. And um, I've even been approached by police and told them, you know, I have an exemption. They've asked me, "Oh, can you can I see it?" I say, "It's between me and my medical practitioner." And they, you know, they sort of look at you with a stunned mullet face and stuff. But there's people now. We've seen video footage coming out of, uh, I think, Sydney. Woman, you know, having her bag stolen by a police officer, and she's being forced off a train. And they, you know, because they're trying to make her wear a mask. Uh, we now saw those uh, some more footage from the people from that organic uh, health food store, also in uh, Sydney somewhere or in out of out of Sydney region. Uh, the poor buggers getting arrested because they don't wear masks in their store and all that sort of stuff. So we're seeing mounting pressure growing, I think, uh, and it's starting to spread a bit too with regards to people claiming the exemptions because, you know, that's what we've kind of done. We rode through the last lockdown with that ability to go, no, I have an exemption, you know, or the police just kind of just looked at you and just kept walking. They didn't even approach me in the second time. They just, they just kind of, they never look at you, to be honest, when you're not wearing a mask. And you can tell when you're the only person not wearing a mask in a shopping center or something, you know, you stick out like a sore thumb because all you've got around you is the stupid mask holes. Um, but boys, uh, Andy, uh, are you, do, do you get this feeling? And I'll, I'll cross over to everyone as well and get your thoughts on this same topic. I'm kind of getting the feeling personally that there is definitely some, some kind of growing pressure mounting by the authorities and police in general when uh, you know when people are trying to claim a mask exemption, they're just like they're just not having it anymore. Like they just, we don't have to show them. We've got the law on our side with regards to this, but they're just not having it anymore. I don't know. It, it's so varied, isn't it? I mean, I, you know, like through this whole like nonsense in southeast Queensland, I, I think I've come across about fifteen shops in the last week that you know that have questioned me on it. And basically once I tell them that I have a mask exemption, then I've just got a green light straight through. So I haven't really had any resistance um, to it. But, yeah, like you said, like, like what you're seeing online sometimes is very different. And it, and it does – sadly, it does appear to be um, women on their own mm. seem to be picked on uh, because they're an easier target. 
um, typical narcissistic type behaviour from like certain certain police or members of the public. So, um, but yeah, I don't know, man. I I just think just this nobody knows what they're doing. Um, there's so many different uh, opinions and like the rules aren't really straight. Um, the police have one opinion and then the actual advice from Queensland Health is seems to have another set of rules. So <laughs> I don't know. It's hard. It's it hard, really is it? a clown show. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Ethan, what are your um, thoughts on that? Am I, I am I seeing this wrong? Am I am I uh, manifesting a reality I shouldn't be? Like, uh, but that just seems to be what I'm seeing uh, a bit. I didn't. I never saw this with the last lockdowns, but I'm seeing it now. That's all. I'm just something. I'm just noting it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it's an interesting dynamic, general. Um, obviously, you're right. You are a sore thumb. You do stick out once you're out there without a mask on. But, um, you know, I'm the same as Andy. I haven't had much resistance from the people. The, the people just sort of just go, oh, one of these people again and just sort of ignore you, don't really want to deal with it. But it almost seems like the police force, especially in other states where they're a bit more militarised and a bit more heavy-handed, they seem to uh, either because it's the media's propaganda or they have internal propaganda that's being fed to them, you are right. They are getting to a point where the mask exemption rule is is becoming something that is annoying them and they don't want to deal with because there is quite a, a fair number of people across Australia that are awake. And, you, you know, it's good you see another person without a mask on. You sort of point to them like, yeah, buddy, coronavirus mm. is a hoax, you know, and it's it's growing and growing. So the amount of people ever since the first lockdown that we've had that have said they've had exemptions would be growing on them. And you see this behaviour in the videos. You see this behaviour in a video where um, one of the police officers said, there is no exemption. He just screamed it at her. Not um, based in any fact or reality, but it's just this heavy-handed tactics. And it's all fear. It's all intimidation. It's all to try and uh, make you sort of um, suppress down and forget um, your rights and and, and what the advice says and, and that you don't have to do that. You know, that video of that police officer just stealing that lady's bag and walking mm. off the train. Mm. You know, these are all fear and intimidation tactics, you know, to, to sort of incite them and antagonize them because they know they're on the wrong side. They know if, and, and, that, and Andy's right, they do pick on people that seem to be vulnerable because, you know, people like myself in that situation would be like, that's fine, mate, I'm going to the next station, I'm getting off, I'm reporting you for, for theft. I still don't have to give you my my exemption notice, you know, but they pick on people that are vulnerable and that will sort of bow in the face to this authority. So it's always good to, to share these things, to let these people know they have support and to encourage people to not to bow down in the, in the face of these things and to know your rights and to know what you can and can't do. Mm. Absolutely, uh, Naomi. What's your thoughts on that? Are you, are you you're in Sydney yourself. I mean, you you would have seen this footage for sure. What's what's your yep. take on it? Yeah, it's interesting because, like you, I kind of thought, hmm, something's shifted compared to last time. When I first saw that video of the, of the cop basically stealing that woman's bag, I thought, I wondered if it was actually a hoax video created to um, create fear within our movement. But it's actually it's real. It's legit, and I actually know somebody who knows the woman, so I know that it's real. Mm. Um, I just wanted her to call the police on the police, <laughs> mm. call the cops. As a cop intimidating me, stealing my bag. Um, so what I did after watching that, I was disturbed. And so what I've done is I've I've actually printed out the New South the New South Wales health guidelines because they are very very 
be clear and they state in one place that pe some people are exempt and it doesn't list all the reasons. It just says some of them. And then there's another detailed paragraph that basically says that you do not need to prove your exemption and you do not need a letter from a doctor. So I've got that in my handbag for myself. Yeah, that's a good idea. I recommend other people. That's get a good it well. idea. Just, just show them. That here's the guideline. Oh, you want to see my exemption? Okay, sure. Here's the guideline. Like you fish around in your bags if you're going to get out this 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 exemption that doesn't exist because nobody has them. And I've heard that doctors are even reluctant to write them because mm. then they're afraid they're going to be liable if the person then does get COVID. So so you actually you don't get medical exemptions. You don't get them. It's up to you. The yeah. police just don't know the rules. The police don't know their own rules. No, that's right. I, yeah, that's it. Um, well, I shared some information, and I think um, it was um, what's the Andy? What's the group? Tricky's group? The um, fuck? What's it? What are they called again? The Revolution People's TPR. The TPR, People's Revolution. The People's Revolution. Oh, I couldn't had a mental blank. Yeah, they put up some information, and um, I'm pretty sure it was them that shared this. But I just wanted to go over this because it speaks volumes to what um, Naomi was just saying as well with regards to having arming yourself with the information. Uh, so they've obviously done their homework on this and they've you know found out that this is probably the best course of action. So it's, it's, I'll, I'll put this in the show notes as well for, for people to, um, to have a look for themselves. Masks and police encounters. A police officer will ask you why you are unmasked. Now it says uh, three points. One, have a, I have a legal exemption. They will then ask you to show them. You inform them. Two, the New South Wales, Queensland, Victorian government website advises us, as police officers are directed to follow it too, the public health order does not require us to carry it. Number three, the 1800 622 572 Crime Stopper hotline advised me that police must follow the public health order. Police, uh, the police officer should now vacate your space, perhaps after some intimidation of questioning why you're out Answer with shopping, exercise, transport to employment, study, stating you must return home as soon as possible. If the police officer instead acts illegally towards you in relation to being unmasked, make sure you begin filming if you didn't as soon as you were approached and calmly, coherently rehash for the, record, for the recording what you've told them, which was the three points above. Harassing you, taking your bag and detains you or assault. Obviously, you cannot overpower an officer with a gun. Walk away if possible. If they chase you or grab you, go with them calmly so they cannot lie and say that you assaulted them or were abusive. If they take your bag and let you walk away, they'll shit themselves if they do this as they have taken your bag illegally. Then, go to the nearest station and inform them of the theft, harassment, and abuse. Number four. Uh, four steps if you're detained. If they like, If they likely let you walk away, ensure you reiterate your recording. Uh, they are acting illegally and have inflicted unwarranted physical and emotional assault and abuse. They are causing you physical and emotional distress and damages. Three, if uh, you have you have now advised them numerous times that you are exempt and following the public health order, but they must oh, sorry, but they are not following it. Number four, you will be pressing charges and suing them for breaching the public health order, wrongful detainment, assault and abuse. So uh, so to please cease and desist their unlawful actions against you. Sure, you can quote the Privacy Act and Disability Act, etc., but this is the order that they are clear they must follow. So be best keep it simple. And the point, the three points above and the four steps if detained. Uh, do not argue or converse. Do not add any further info if, as you're baited to. Repeat the script. It doesn't matter how many times. 
uh, if you're at the station. The duty manager will release you as you are exempt. If they previously confiscated your phone, immediately privately upload your video online or save it somewhere immediately so they cannot delete it. Do this earlier if the phone wasn't confiscated. Number four, uh, four stages leave the station. Number one, contact 1-800-622-571, customer assistant unit for complaints about police officers and provide details of the officer. Two, they will phone transfer you to relevant station's duty manager. You did not make the complaint in person as you were traumatized. Three, lodge official complaint with the duty manager. Their response will likely be a formal apology. You are not satisfied with this outcome. You would like the officer charged, terminated, and compensated for damages. The duty manager will likely inform you this is not happening. Do not tip them off that you are taking it further. You have merely followed procedure. Number four, call back 1-800-622-571. They will escalate to a written complaint. Book legal aid. Receive guidance on commencing a lawsuit for payout. Learn the three points and four steps. Simple. Screenshot or save this post so you have it on hand if you need it. Share with friends and family. Use your nervous energy, sorry, use nervous energy and um, into speaking quietly, gently, and calmly. Remember, they want to provoke you and get a reaction for their footage to twist in editing. You do not have to yell or be abusive to get the law and their unlawfulness across. And that's... Uh, and they've got a link there to that um, New South Wales face mask rules as well, which I think you were, you were talking about there as well, Naomi. But there you have it, folks. That's that's basically what you what you got to do. Keep calm, quietly and gently. You know, just repeat that you've got the exemption. Inform them that they've got to follow the public health order. You know that it's the health order that um, protects you and, and says you don't have to provide any of that information to them. Blah 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 blah. But there you go. So that information's there as well. Again, I'll put that in the show notes for folks. But that's basically similar to what you were saying, uh, Naomi, as well. But I just wanted to put that out there. That that's some homework that has actually been done. It's good stuff. That's really, really good stuff. I actually just I need to memorize it um, because I think we need to expect that there will be some aggression. You know, in the UK, they've had mandated masks now for like since forever. And they're all used to um, people walking around without them uh, and not asking questions like that, that there is no hassle because they've just got used to it but for us and for you guys because it's so intermittent you know one week we're wearing them and the next week we're not I think people don't get into the routine and then they, they don't know they don't know that you could have an exemption like I had went to get a takeaway coffee last week and like you know I'm I'm 41 okay you know I'm old enough to be this guy's mum and he's like you need to wear a mask next time you come in here Naomi <laughs> beg your pardon child <laughs> seriously <laughs> but they, they don't get a, a slap i know excuse me how old are you 20 something i hope you guys are not in your 20s are you i don't know Uh-oh. i don't know how old you guys are andy, andy. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just cracked 21 andy andy ident- andy identifies as 20 <laughs> identifies a 21 year old yeah that's right. in a 50 something year old general. body yeah <laughs> No, uh, Ethan's in his twenties, I think. That's right. Yeah, that's right. No, I'm I'm the same age as you, Naomi. So. Okay, good. Yeah, and so so people just they they don't know like, but if this was ongoing, I think that we would settle into a routine, and there would be the maskers and the non-maskers. But because it's just so topsy turvy, and you know, one week on, one week off, we can't get into that routine. And the police, yeah, I I agree with you. There's something going on. Like there is a change of energy in how they're dealing with it this time. Mm. 
that's that's just something I've noticed. Yeah, I just want to bring that to the table. And I, I hate because we talk about you know manifesting the kind of reality that you want a lot on this uh, podcast. And you know, I don't want to be doing the wrong thing there and you know manifesting the wrong reality. But I do. You know, I'm I'm definitely a, a passive observer of of what what's going on. And I, it's just something I noticed that uh, there's a bit more of that happening that there was uh, than was last time. So just I guess keep I that in mind. I do think so, and I think you know. I just think. I mean, I'm, I, yeah, I, I, because of the announcement about the QR codes as well, you know, for coming out with the 12th of July, that there is that just general feeling of clamping down that I think it's okay to acknowledge it. I don't think we're, uh, we're not, it's already happening. So yeah, we're not, I don't think we're manifesting it by thinking about it, but it is like, there is this feeling, right, of things closing in. We need to counteract that with the work that we do, but there is that feeling this time. Mm. And I think that's what makes it even, I guess, more important to have, uh, you know, good, just good quality information. You know, someone who's done the homework and has written all this sort of down, so you can you can do it in the right way. You know, and I understand that you know, how that woman in the video and those people uh, getting arrested and stuff. You know, like I, I feel for them. You know, I, I understand the way why they reacted that way. Um, and it's gonna it takes a lot of willpower to. You know, to to remain calm and to not fall for those kind of intimidation tactics and stuff. You know, sometimes you just got to know when to, you know, forfeit the fight and um, you know take the battle um, to to a different battleground. You know, and come at them from a different angle. You know, let them have the small win there, but then you know, come down hard on them afterwards when they when they realize they're the ones who are going to get in trouble for um, you know going against the public health order that they're trying to maintain. So, uh, yeah. Interesting stuff. Gentlemen, uh, anything else you'd like to bring to the table for uh, for our guests for this evening? Andy, I'll throw to you first. Um, big shout out to Sky News, actually. How good have they been lately? Yeah, it's interesting. Interesting that they put out that sort of information. Alan Jones. And Makes you up. wonder why. Yeah, Control, definitely be, controlled um, opposition, like, I think. But... Really surprised. Really surprising me, like with some of the stuff that's been coming out from a, like a so-called media agency. Mm. They seem to be really, really stepping on the right side of like you know what's going on. Um, Alan Jones particularly has been like really, really quite vocal against this whole scandemic. Mm. Um, Are they kind so, of like the Fox so News over one, in America, one, Andy? You think? Uh, yeah, yeah, like I Tucker Carlson. Probably and stuff? they. Yeah, 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 very, very much like that, the Australian version of. I think they probably realise that that um, they're really, really getting a lot of numbers and a lot of um, lot of uh, ratings um, by jumping on to, like, the right side of this scandemic. Yeah. Um, but, you know, but, but Alan Jones particularly has been really, really, um, really, it's been, it really surprised me and really, really made me, you know, quite, it's, it's really... Yeah, it does make you feel good that, that something something positive is happening. Yeah, there's something to say there because right. I, I you know look mainstream media, let's not let's not beat around the bush. They are the enemy. But if you can turn yep. one enemy against another enemy, then the enemy of your enemy is your friend, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of so, think um, uh, harnessing that, yeah, riding the wave, I guess, while we can and if they, hey, look, if they're putting out some good information, whether it be for you know what, what their motivations are, I'm not going to speak to because um, I still think that they're they're the enemy. But if they're putting out information that's you know asking the right questions and maybe getting people to challenge the narrative, then hey, uh, I'm all for that as well. I agree with you, uh, Ethan. What's what's mm. what's your take on what Andy just said, man? 
Yeah, for sure, mate. It's it's uh, very interesting uh, to see them uh, capitalising the uh, the wolf in sheep's clothing. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I don't watch too much mainstream news, but Sky seem to be doing a an all right job for you know it creates an audience which is is needed for people that um, you know don't want to really put together those bigger connecting dots behind it. You know, just for normal people that might be sceptical of what's going on with lockdowns and coronavirus, they've uh, made a pretty good market off of it. Mm. Mm. Agreed. Uh, anything else, Ethan, you wanted to, to uh, come to the table before we let our guests go this evening? Yeah, well, I just wanted to throw to Naomi just um, in regards to talking about change and whatnot and, and just to get her to share a little bit of um, the work that she's doing at the moment. Um, obviously, Naomi, you were in the medical establishment as a nurse and then you experienced a, a lot of backlash for some of your viewpoints that um, you were publishing out there and you were sort of uh, sort of um, banished from the uh, the kingdom so to speak for being, <laughs> for being naughty and not following the, the consensus there so you know we, we talk a lot about you know about this control system can you just let the listeners know if they're not um, familiar just about you know just sort of the, the condensed version of that story and what you're doing sort of after you've sort of left the kingdom and, and what you think is some of the best approaches we can do to fighting back against this. Oh, wow. But that's like a thesis, you know? Because <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I I left, I surrendered my registration last year because... My, my viewpoints on 5G, I didn't even, I didn't touch vaccines online. I, did, I knew that I couldn't. So I was doing the 5G activism, um, started at the beginning of 2019. And that's, you know, it's quite, it was clean. It was science-based. There's a whole heap of evidence base, you know. Um, but when I started speaking at a, a rally and then I had that Four Corners interview, which was just, just ridiculous, that's yeah. when the complaints started coming in. And then I was called in for this forced you know, counseling session. And, um, and I just, I had to just get the words from their mouths. I, I just said, are you telling me that my work in educating the general public about the fact that 5G has not had a single biological safety test? Are you telling me that doing that and speaking at rallies is against my code of conduct? And they said, yes. I thought, okay, fine. That's it. Then I'm not going to stay registered because I did it, it, it's it's broken. It, the whole thing is broken. Mm. Um, mm. It's just broken. Like and and why? So my husband, and my lawyer, wanted me to just keep fighting, and you know, it's your right to stay registered and be a five G activist. But I just thought, why put energy into that which is literally in decay? It is in decay. It is dead. Like it's dead. Why fight that? dead establishment and instead turn away speak my truth and i knew the COVID vaccine stuff was going to be coming out and i wanted to speak freely about it so for me it was the best thing to do um but in terms Sounds of like of, a no-brainer to me naomi exactly mm. i know and i wasn't working like as a nurse like I, I was doing my book writing and all of this sort of stuff so for me it, it was easy just to walk away from the registration um but yeah what now i mean I mean, I think about this every single day. Like, I, I'm, I also, you know, I, I recognize that we're quantum um, co-creator beings, and you know, and and so doing the inner work, you know, it's that boring stuff that you you, know, you can't shout about that at a rally when you're trying to get a crowd excited. But it's doing the inner work mm. and recognizing, you know, it's it's all of that has to start there, and then and then everything from there flows. But getting to that 
working with the shadow self and and just yeah and 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 knowing that your thoughts and your beliefs are literally creating your reality um you know it doesn't sound sexy but but that's where it starts Mm. we We talk about we talk about that a lot don't we ethan yeah we we do talk about that manifesting that sort of sure yeah you're right you're you're right in tune with us love for you (laughs) because i thought yeah, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't sound like, you know, oh, I've got a great plan. You know what I mean? But but, but that is the plan. That's the plan. Yeah. And I thought, because um, I follow a little bit of your work, I, I knew that um, you're sort of on a similar wavelength in, in that respect. And that's why I sort of wanted you to bring it up, because it's a great story of, of someone who took the decision to to leave the establishment that knew was wrong and, and knew was a dead and dying system. And it's not an easy thing to just relinquish that. You know, mm. you paid a lot of money for your um, license and everything like that. Yeah. So it's 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 not a big thing to, to just give up. But you did that based off of your principle. Now you're out there um, doing your own work both internally and, you know, you've yeah. got a Facebook page and, you know, you're on Instagram and all of these types of things. You're out there getting the message out and you're looking at the studies and you're, you're sharing your... Um, opinion from someone who has gone through those processes and I think that that's that's really good you know I think that that's um, if everyone does their own little small part both on themselves and in the immediate surroundings around them I think that if everyone did that we could make a difference you know a very powerful difference yeah yeah sure I'd love to um, I'd love to hear um, from you again as well when you when you do finally hear back from uh, Atagi um, yep. with regards to that other FOI that you've requested from the government body. So that'd be interesting to see, you know, what comes out of that. So feel free to get in touch with us again okay. if you want to at least share that information as well, uh, even if you duck on for a little Perfect. bit or the whole episode, it's up to you. But, um, yeah, definitely love to hear from you with regards to that because that, that's not over. You know, we are, you're still yep. fighting the fight yeah, trying to yep. get that information, um, you know, and that, yep. that could very well save lives. You know, what you're going to expose could very well help you know, uh, a pregnant mother, you yeah. know, not opt for that needle, you know what I mean? So, yeah, uh, yeah it's, you're doing good work, mate. Um, I very much appreciate yeah. it for your time today. And, yeah, I hope you can keep in touch with us. We definitely want to hear from you. We're always following what you're doing. Um, yeah, welcome back anytime, uh, Naomi. Thank you so much. It was lovely. It was such an awesome chat. I loved it. No problem. Our pleasure. Thanks, Naomi. All right. We Thanks, might, guys. We might wrap it up there, guys. I'll let Naomi Thanks, go Dad. back to being a mum and enjoying the rest of the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. See you soon. Awesome. Thanks, Naomi. Ciao. All right, guys. Um, I'll, we'll catch up with, uh, a little bit later on. Thanks, guys. You have been listening to the General Knowledge Podcast. Please show your support for alternative independent media in Australia and join our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash real news Australia. of nature, Mr. Beale, and I won't have it. You are an old man who thinks in terms of nations and peoples. There are no nations. There are no peoples. There are no Russians. There are no Arabs. There are no third worlds. There is no West. There is only one holistic system of systems. One vast and immense 
interwoven, interacting, multivariate, multinational dominion of dollars. It is the international system of currency which determines the totality of life on this planet. That is the natural order of things. For themselves and less for everybody else. But I'll tell you what they don't want. They don't want a population of citizens capable of critical thinking. They don't want well-informed, well-educated people capable of critical thinking. They're not interested in that. That doesn't... ...fucking place. It's a big club, and you ain't in it. You and I are not in the big club. Am I getting through to you, Mr. Beal? You get up on your little 21-inch screen and howl about America and democracy. There is no America. There is no democracy. There is only IBM and ITT and AT&T and DuPont, Dow, Union Carbide, and Exxon. Those are the nations of the the world is a college of corporations, inexorably determined by the immutable bylaws of business. The world is a business, Mr. Beale.